Hey, this is Heath Padgett, and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast. This is episode number three. Something about selling everything and moving your entire life into a tiny space is absolutely terrifying. Just think about giving away things that you've had your entire life that have, you know, real sentimental value. And if you're still working on top of that fear, you have this fear or risk of losing your job or in the case of this episode, your business. It's a very legitimate fear and one that you have to face if you're going to hit the road before retirement. In this episode, I sit down to talk with Nick Peterson from livinglightly.com to talk about the journey he's been on for the past couple of years. Nick is an entrepreneur who makes almost his entire income from selling teacher supplies on a website called TeachersPayTeachers.com. But starting this business was basically an accident. Nick and I talk about how his original business idea for how he and his wife would make money on the road essentially bombed, and he had to quickly come up with something else in order to make ends meet. This is an awesome episode, and thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you for listening. Let's get to this episode. Thanks, Nick, for being here, man. Thanks for having me. Excited. What's your backstory? What was the inciting incident for you guys to get up and hit the road? So it was probably about five years ago. My wife was a full-time teacher. She taught first and second grade, a little private Christian school up here in North Idaho. And I had several different internet things that I was doing um, in conjunction with teaching an outdoor education program at a summer camp. And um, we both liked what we were doing. Um, teachers kind of have a nice gig. They get summers off. So we would road trip. We built a little teardrop trailer that we took road trip adventures and that was fun. Um, Teachers also get, you know, holidays. But as as we became pregnant and starting to think about our current lot in life, which was kind of punching into the time clock and spending most of our time serving other people's kids and other people, we started to think about what do we want our life to look like? And we wanted time together. We wanted time with our new little baby that was on the way. And so we started to kind of dream about what a different existence could look like. Um, we'd seen some other people online that had um, sold all their stuff and, and got an RV and started traveling. Um, it was kind of vague what they did for income, but um, with some of the things I was working on, we had kind of some prospects in that direction. So we started moving forward. Um, uh, basically, we were just sitting on our, on our bed and, and thinking about you know what this would look like. And so we're like, well, let's make a list of the things that our barriers or obstacles for making this happen. So it looked like, um, you know, health insurance, income, obviously, um, you know, having some place to live. We didn't have a truck to pull some place to live, you know, if it was a trailer or whatever. Um, so basically we just made this list of things that were obstacles and we used that as our to-do list and started just kind of checking down the list, saving up, paying off debt, um, bought an old Airstream, which is behind us there, bought a big truck, um, sold basically all of our stuff and um it made it happen yeah so how long was that process going from like we're gonna make this list and just knock it all off to actually you know hitting the road well we started talking about it before we were pregnant but once once shay was pregnant we were were like you know we need to make this happen like having kids really changes your paradigm and your perspective and so that was kind of the the push off the edge if you will that just kind of like yeah let's let's do it so, um, 
while Shay was was pregnant, we kind of worked hard to to I guess move in that direction, which is paying off debt and saving. And then that next year, we we had wanted to once once she gave birth to have Shay be able to stay home, but um, we income wasn't quite worked out. We didn't have we had most of our debt paid off, but we didn't have savings. Um, we didn't have a trailer yet. We didn't have you know a truck. So that next year, um, I stayed home with Paisley. And Chase continued to work, and we kind of finished out the um, the process. So it was probably like a year and a half okay. from kind of dreaming about it to to doing it. So I think debt is probably a good place to start because that's something that Alyssa and I have been working on this year is trying to pay off debt while living in the awesome. RV. So when you guys hit the road, did you actually have any kind of debt? No, when we hit the road, no. Um, that was part of that was one of the barriers. Like if we have debt, then then our payments are going to be a lot higher and. And um, uh, we're going to need more income, and it's just going to be more of a challenge. So that was kind of uh, a goal to make happen. Um, Did you guys have a lot of debt? Like, was that number pretty high? No, I think we had. I think we had about thirty k. Okay. Like, yeah. she, we both went to private schools. She didn't have any any graduating, which was a huge blessing. I had just a, a little bit of a mess. We had a car note, and we had some credit card debt. Um, but it, you know. For the average American, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. Yeah, we started with twenty seven this year, so pretty similar. Um, you're right. Nice. I think the logical thing was to do what you guys did and actually work on paying that off before you left. But we were just anxious, I guess. Um, anyway, so what exactly are you doing now for work? Right now, um, our income is is kind of we're trying to diversify, but um, right now we we do two things. The the thing that brings in the most income is. Um, we sell products on a website called Teachers Pay Teachers, and um, basically that is a is a is a platform for teachers to sell teacher created materials like lesson plans. Like I mean, it could be PowerPoint slides, it could be um, crafts, it could be any type any any type of resource, and it can be a digital file or it can be a hard good. And basically, you can you can offer it up there, and other teachers buy it. It's um, it's grown a ton over the years. Shay started using it in the classroom, um, buying resources and loved it. It was awesome. Like she didn't have to, um, teacher stuff is expensive. Like you go to a teacher store or if you go to like a bona fide, I don't know, teacher resource, like it's expensive. So teachers pay teachers. It's like, um, you know, five bucks for a little unit. So, you know, um, St. Patrick's day is coming around and, and Shay would get on there and, you know, buy a little craft or unit to do with her class. Um, and she loved it. So after she was going to stay home, we were like, Hey, you could totally do this. So she started to, um, yeah, started to make lessons, started to sell stuff and it's done really well. So that's, that's kind of a two thirds of our income. The other third comes from the, uh, the outdoor education program, which I teach three times a year. It's three weeks and it works out to be about six weeks of work. Um, so it's one in the one, one week in the spring, or actually two weeks in the spring, one week in the fall. So that's kind of our income that pays the bills right now, and we're working on diver- diversifying with uh, with some other projects. So that, that camp must pay really well if they're that's like only three weeks of in person work. That I mean, I'm assuming there's other planning that goes on outside of that, right? Or yeah, so it's it's three weeks of in yeah actually being at camp and facilitating and teaching and and register all the stuff that entails, and then it's the the time outside outside of that is um you know prepping curriculum and getting schools registered and um and so really it's for an education department it's for a, like a network of christian schools 
so I contract with their education department and then we just do it at camp. But yeah, it does, it, it pays, it pays pretty good. That's awesome. So going back to teachers pay teachers, um, did you guys work on pushing out some products? Cause I mean, it seems there's a lot of websites out there similar. I mean, like basically there are sites like you to me and I know that, you know, all these online courses and, um, basically anybody can sell like even Etsy, you could throw in another category. It's like people can sell anything on these open oh, totally. source, open source platforms, but the, the hard part, the hard part is actually building up enough revenue from doing this. So what, take me through the process that you guys went through when you're kind of like coming up with these ideas to sell stuff online. Like sure. how did, how did you come about and actually monetize all this stuff? Well, to, to rewind a little bit, we teachers pay teachers was not a part of our scheme to make money while we were on the road. Um, time I was working on a, a website called veggie and it was a vegetarian and vegan meal planning resource. And, um, for uh, probably two or three years, we just offered kind of uh, PDF downloads so that you could just, you know, we'd make a menu, uh, it'd be a PDF download, it had a shopping list with recipes, and we offered that up to our subscribers. And it really didn't do, like we made a couple hundred bucks a month on it, but it didn't really do what we wanted it to, um, despite, you know, doing all the things that you do with online business, blogging, promotion, Google AdWords, like doing all these things. Um, so I felt like my kind of leap of faith assumption was if we had more functionality, if we had um, some software where people could drag and drop this, you know, well, I don't want to have, you know, oatmeal for breakfast here. And I could I could take that out and I could add in my own thing. I felt like that that was what we needed to do to take our business to the le- next level. So we were saving to to pay a developer. Um, can you hear that screeching sound? Yeah, it's all good. I already know. I already know. Doing these interviews with people in RV parks, they're gonna have people walking up, and I mean, I'm recording in my friend's house today because uh, we don't have good Wi-Fi. So whatever. All right. <laughs> I think if it, I think anybody who's watching or listening to this or watching this, and that's like, yeah, I'm in an RV park. I know it's not gonna be quiet. So whatever. Just yeah, it's all okay. good. It stopped. It stopped now. <laughs> um. So, yeah, we started saving to kind of make these updates happen, and then in that process and kind of looking at what functionality we wanted. And we stumbled across a site called, um, uh, plan to eat.com and awesome website. They don't have any meal plans, but it was all the functionality we were looking for. So I contacted, um, the owner, uh, Clint and just kind of pitched him this idea of offering it to our audience as like a white label. We would basically, uh, uh, license his software solution, white label with our branding to, to our audience. Um, and so he went for it and we did it. We spent quite a bit of money like making that transition. And um, yeah, I was hopeful that that was going to be, you know, what, what took our business to the next level or took it to even a, you know, sustainable level because it wasn't really making a ton before that, which th- this is a, this is a uh, common problem with entrepreneurs. They have these leap of faith assumptions and their assumptions, they're not tested. Sometimes they don't work. So we we um we kind of launched on the premise that Veggie Meal Maker would um would do really well. Uh, so we had kind of a an emergency fund saved up. We had um I don't know six eight ten months of expenses, and so we took off um, without having really a solid income, um, hoping that you know Veggie Meal Maker would would uh, would be the be the ticket. Well, it wasn't the ticket. It ended up costing us you know. Um, a fair amount, and so we had to we had to pivot. 
And thankfully, once Shay left her job, she started to kind of, uh, we started working together on, on putting together some, uh, some units together. Like we made a, a September 11th uh, Heroes Craftivity, which is like a firefighter head and then a little writing piece under it. And then there's a military hero and then there's a, um, a police officer hero. And we bundled this up and we offered it up and it did really good. So like the first, you know, the first month, I think we made a thousand bucks, um, you know, something like that. So, um, yeah, so Teachers Pay Teachers really stepped in kind of the void where we were in this precarious spot of like, oh, crap, you know, we've pushed off, you've quit your job, we don't have benefits, we don't have insurance there anymore, um, and we have some savings that's a buffer, thankfully, but, um, yeah, it really stepped in. And there was a couple months there that were pretty scary, like, you know, Teachers Pay Teachers made a couple hundred bucks. Um, another piece to the puzzle that kind of made that happen is uh, we didn't have any debt. Uh, we're living in a trailer, so it's it was you know super. We could make it super cheap, so our expenses were like you know maybe a thousand bucks a month. So we didn't need to bring in tons of income in order to kind of sustain a lifestyle. We're still kind of ramping up and kind of figuring out the the TPT platform and and making our business more solid, um, which includes like you know having having products that's you know rounds out the year. So we might have sometimes that does really well, and then if we don't have products for certain seasons it could be kind of a lull so we're trying to fill in those gaps and um yeah so whenever y'all you guys launch like a product on teachers pay teachers do you do you just put it out there on the website and hope it gets featured or hope people look for that theme or do you have like a mailing list or social media or how does that i mean how do you just get the message out there is i'm sure it's not just like launching it right uh no i mean you don't you don't just put it out i mean Teachers Pay Teachers is a search engine, so you can optimize for search, you know, which is handy. Um, you can you also have followers that follow your mm, store, so okay. every time you launch a new product, they get you know they get an email. Um, but the biggest thing really is Pinterest. Really? Yeah, teachers are all over Pinterest, and we've just started experimenting with Pinterest ads, which has been super, um, super solid. Like we've done a bunch of ads on different platforms, and that this one has is done really well compared to any of the, like Facebook or AdWords. Um, so yeah, we, we make a product. We, we had and put it on the site. Our, our email or our subscribers get notified and then we make some nice pins for it and pin it. That's awesome. That's, that's kind of the strategy. I literally just started using Pinterest like two weeks ago and I'm still figuring that out. I know I'm late on the ball, but whatever. It's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. So you said that you guys had six to eight months cushion on the road and I found that kind of to be a sweet spot. Cause when we hit, when we hit the road last year, we had, about the same amount of runway uh, saved up. Do you remember kind of a number that you guys had associated with that? Uh, well, yeah, we had about we had about ten grand. Okay, ten grand. Okay, to to devote. Yeah. I think that's helpful because a lot of people are like, I don't even know how much money I would need on the road, and so yeah. I would say if you're stationary, you know, like you guys said, you could probably get by with all expenses for about a thousand bucks a month. And when we yeah. were traveling last year full time. Uh, we did it for two grand a month, but we were also, there was a state, there was a month when we did 11 states. And so we were just all, and that yep. was like throughout the month consistently always traveling. So we were paying like 600 bucks a month in gas, which nobody in their right mind ever needs to do, you know, like that's just crazy. Um, but anyway, so you guys get on the road and you start realizing you can make some money doing this kind of want to step out of the whole business thing. And we'll come back to answering some questions about teachers pay teachers, but Talk to me about how your lifestyle is different now. Like, what do you love? Why are you still doing 
this kind of, and maybe I should have started out with some of these questions, like, um, but why are you still living in an Airstream? I mean, you've got four people. There's no slides in Airstreams. So nope. what makes you guys want to still be living in this? We love to spend time together. Like that is, that's kind of the main goal. A lot of people, they want to, you know, travel and see beautiful sights. And so number one for us is just being able to be together as a family. And right now we work, I work Wednesday and Thursday go to a community center and, and work in the lobby. Um, and Shay works uh, Tuesday. So we kind of swap out with the kids there, but then the rest of the time we can, we can be as a family. And, um, you know, that's not typical in our, in our day and age and our culture. Um, and it's important to us. So, I mean, there's certain trade-offs with that. I mean, the Airstream is, is, is a cheap way to go and it keeps our expenses low, but, um, yeah, we, we want to be together, and also we want to uh, we want our kids to grow up around their their cousins. So we we have cousins and family kind of strung about, and we live up in North Idaho. And I think we've had since we've lived here for eight years, we've had family come up maybe once. Um, they all live Florida Midwest. Um, so you know, if we didn't travel, then we wouldn't we wouldn't see them. Um, and so we want we want our our kids to know their their cousins and their family. We think that's important. So. You know, traveling to see them for a couple months during the year um, is important, and the the airstream facilitates that. So, um, right now we're actually kind of in a in a transition phase where we'd like to we'd like a little more space. The kids don't really have devoted sleeping space right now. Like Paisley sleeps on a thermorest in a sleeping bag under the dinette, which is handy, and she likes it. But she doesn't know better. She's four. <laughs> but um, we'd like to have a little you know a little room. So we're we have plans to build a, a tiny house. We'd like to get some land and have kind of a homestead deal and then maybe get another teardrop trailer and a, and a diesel car to pull it so we could get good gas mileage and still travel more nimbly, you know, maybe one, two months out of the year and then kind of be stationary rest of the time. So, um, yeah. That's awesome. So how long ago did you guys actually buy the Airstream? Paisley was like a couple months old. She's four now. Okay. So, so about four years ago? Four years. Yeah. And how, how much traveling have you guys done since then? Like how much time have you spent stationary versus on the road? And what, and tell me about some of the things that you guys have gotten to see. Right on. Um, so each year we kind of have this circuit that we do. And so we spend spring, summer, and fall in, in the Northwest in Coeur d'Alene. And then uh, we have a community garden that we do up here. We have several friends really blessed that have uh, RV pads beside their house. We're at one right now. I need to get some um, friends like that they all kind of, uh, arm wrestled to like, Hey, we want to No, it's our turn. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's really nice. We, we love the Northwest. The, the weather up here is awesome in the summer. Love to mountain bike, love to rock climb. All those things are up here. So we stay up here spring, summer, and fall. And then usually, uh, October we, we kind of road trip to the Midwest, uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. We have tons of, tons of family at, uh, we went to college there. And so we'd usually just park our trailer outside the college and it was like eight bucks a night for uh, electric, and then we just kind of ferry in water, and um, so we'd stay there usually a month, month and a half, um, and then when it when it got real cold, we'd start heading further south. So Shay's mom lives in Florida, Tampa, Florida, and uh, we'd end up down there, and then just kind of trek back up, and that's kind of been our circuit. And so we've you know things between there like the uh, what's the faces on the rock uh, Mount Rushmore. Yeah, Mount Rushmore, and like I said, I'm I'm an outdoorsman, so I love to I love to kind of go off the beaten path um, places. So 
try to hit up some rock climbing areas and places where there's good mountain biking. Um, yeah, you know, every, every place, whether it's Nebraska, Kansas, like, which most people would, would equate with just like not a place to go visit. Um, there's cool places, you know, there's cool things to explore and we, we love to explore. Um, I think just being able to uh, spend a lot more time because, I mean, you being an entrepreneur, if you were in a city by yourself and you're kind of working on doing this kind of thing, I know here in Austin, uh, co-working spaces are cool. Even coming back here in Austin for the past couple of months where we've been in the same place, I've went and worked in a co-working space and it's nice and it's cool to be around that community of people who are doing the same thing. But at the same time, I really miss being able to wake up and go play in a national park or a state yeah. park or wherever we're hanging out at an RV campground and some new place. And to me, that's one of the best parts about being traveling a lot. And we're kind of in this place where we're, you know, we're trying to save a little bit of money. We're trying to really be aggressive on paying off that debt before we hit the road again. And so we're kind of in the same place, but anyway, I, I can definitely relate to it. It's just nice being able to constantly be traveling. Um, something I want to talk to you about, uh, getting back to how you guys got started was you basically had the most systematic approach to going about <laughs> RVing than anybody I've ever met because everybody that I talked to was like, you know, we kind of just hit the road, bought an RV and hit the road. You guys actually had a really good plan. And so are you more of the planner? Is Shay more of the planner? Are you guys both? Um, and, and you talked about those obstacles. How do you guys come up with that systematic approach? It seems so practical, but talk to me. Um, a yeah. I, I definitely am a schemer. Shay is definitely uh, a planner as well and does not like to take risks. So it's, it's for her, if I'm like, Hey, let's just go do this. She's like, wait a minute, you know, what about this, this, and this? And so she was probably the one that's like, Hey, we need to have minimum, you know, this, and we can't have any debt. We need to, um, and I, I'd like to go back just a little bit. And like, so, you know, we're living on the road, um, which it seems all, all like fun and games, and it, it's great, but we haven't like with our minimum budget and with the with the posi position we've put ourselves in with um, not having a solid income. Like we're not able to travel as much as you know other families that are able just to go and really experience like site to site to site. Part of our circuit, like we go to either friends or family's houses where we can kind of camp out for for pretty cheap. Um, so in the future, we'd like to be able to you know see more sites. And travel more right now it's kind of the priority is being able to be together as a family and spend that time even if we're not doing you know a bunch of fun crazy things but um yeah and to, anyway i just, and, I just and, want to throw that in yeah no i think that's a good point because i mean we're in that same place right now where we the reason we were able to go and do this trip last year because we had a sponsor and because we had a timelines like we have to get this done in this amount of time and then we realized hey we liked it but we really haven't gotten to do that type of rving that is I'm going here a week and here a couple of weeks and here a week. Um, it's yeah. always been because we're going somewhere um, and we've gotten a taste of that. But at the same time, I feel like you may, you may say this is true too, <clears throat> is that because you guys do have such limited expenses, it gives you more runway to try new things and experiment. Whereas yeah. in if you had a house or an apartment and you had some of those expenses that you don't have when you live in a trailer, you might have to actually just be completely stationary and go get a job. And I, yeah. and I mean, have you felt that too? There's uh, a lot of family and, and sometimes friends are like, Hey, just go get a job. Yeah. Totally. Totally agree. Like, um, you know, being, being 
with with a thousand bucks a month expenses, basically, like yeah, you have a lot of run runway, and there's months that we make a lot more than that, and we can save and 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 um, we can travel more, we can go do more things as a family, and there's some months where it's like it's kind of tight. We got to buckle down, and and um, yeah, and we could do that too. What are the few of the things about RVing in general that because uh, a lot of the, some of the things that may keep people from hitting the road is just a lack of knowledge about RVing. Was that Anything that you guys had to overcome? I mean, really, there's no excuse with Google. I mean, you can look up stuff. So was, how did you guys go? Yeah, I mean, is that what you guys basically did? Was just like, hey, we're going to look up everything and figure it out? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I, I guess he's talking like how to empty your tanks and like how to back up the trailer. I guess. Like I mean, how- I guess you guys had a couple years of, of looking up some of the stuff and just figuring it out. I mean, for us, we kind of just got in the RV and figured it out. It wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which I get. Yeah, I mean, it didn't feel like there was that big of a learning curve or too, I mean, too much. It's all pretty straightforward. I mean, mm-hmm. um, what would you say are some of the goals that you have for your work and what you want to do? Do you want to, do you want the majority of your work to be done online? Do you want to have an offline business, physical products? And, you know, where do you see yourself going and what you're doing right now? Well, we ultimately, we'd, we'd love to have a an educational farm. Um, so, you know, have a have a, a piece of property that's like a little homestead for us, where we can grow our own food and teach people to do the same. Um, and then having, I don't know, there's probably not tons of money in that. And so having some of these other things like uh, teachers pay teachers um, that can kind of fill in the gaps. We actually I talked about diversifying, and one of the things we're doing is we just purchased a a kindergarten curriculum that was developed in the early '90s. That's like it's called Sing and Play to Learn. Kinder Quest, and um, lady was retiring, and she wasn't really marketing it anymore. Great resource, awesome songs, dances. I mean, movement. It's it's uh, top notch, but it's just kind of dated. So we've purchased that, and uh, we're in the process of updating it. Um, so we'll be marketing that, uh, which kind of couples in with teachers pay teachers. And then I've been experimenting with some uh, niche sites. And a niche site basically, you build a website around uh, a niche, uh, kind of a topic try to become an authority on it and then you can do you can do advertising on it you can do affiliate you know links or sales um, and actually the niche we're doing is is little wood stoves so we have a little wood burning stove in our airstream and as we researched you know how to put it in and implications and and you know uh, stoves that were available we wrote an article about it and our we got tons of tons of traffic to it I mean it was like Three quarters of the traffic was to that one post, and I just I was like, "Oh, you know, there's something, there's something here." So we made a website, tinywoodstove, tinywoodstove.com, and that started to receive more traffic. And our goal with that is we just wanted to maybe try to reach out to some of these companies that sold stove and try to work out like an affiliate, like, "Hey, we'll do you know promotion for you guys. We'll do reviews. We'll just be kind of a an a, uh, an authority, and then you know we'll sell stoves for you." Well, uh, that that didn't really work out, and we come to the conclusion that the only way we can really control um, the income or, or yeah profit from that is to is to sell our you know sell stoves ourselves so we're in the process of sourcing stoves looking at importing Greece UK China um, so actually just getting ready to do a, uh, a launch there at tinywoodstove.com so um, hopeful that you know that's gonna do well and um, I I love business I I studied business in college, you know, since I was a kid, I did, you know, random projects and, uh, 
endless business ideas to my my wife's dismay. Um, <laughs> always will be in business, and I have a passion too for just like social entrepreneurship, where you can have um, business models that uh, that make a difference in the world. Whether you take the profits and you you know donate it to causes, that's kind of where we're headed. We'd like to settle down, have some roots, you know, have a farm, and then do some other business things online. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, well, I won't keep you too much longer. I just have a couple more questions for you. One thing that I have a question was is something that's kind of been a like a I talked about it a little bit, but it's been a little struggle. Is that when we left, I felt like there was a lack of community, and so we went to a couple conferences. One of them was called World Domination Summit up in Portland, Oregon, where there's a lot of bloggers and entrepreneurs, and we met a lot of people there who joined our community and were supportive because they understood the lifestyle that we were doing and trying to build a business from our blog and things like that. And it's, and it's almost like a, a little bit of a weakness I've realized is being out on your own, especially for somebody who's trying to build a business. Because when you're around other people, like even this conversation, you know, we can maybe pull ideas and things like that from it and say, okay, this can be applied to what I'm doing or, or vice versa. And so when you're on your own, you don't always get that, that back and forth of just having a conversation about this. So how yeah. do you, how do you supplement that? Um, I'm not directly connected to like, a. A mastermind or a community myself. Shay is. She she does weekly mastermind groups with a, a group of ladies. Um, I listen to a lot of uh, a lot of podcasts, read a lot of articles. So I, I think I could I'd like to get into a mastermind group and really connect with the community where it is uh, personal. Um, but um, yeah, so I guess I haven't. <laughs> do you see her getting a good benefit out of that? It's just something you haven't tried to do yet or what? I, I I've had a mastermind in the past. Um, I have a bunch of friends that are in the internet business space, and um, just schedules kind of got busy, and it didn't work. You know, work out to keep it going. Yeah, she she gets benefit out of it. It's it's kind of a they're not really in her space. Um, they're just kind of in the blogging space, but it's still good for her to come and to share. And you know, she's going to work on something or launch something. She can get feedback on it. Um, and I guess my support then is my wife. Like we're in business together and we work together. And so we can, you know, bounce ideas off of each other. And, and, um, but yeah, I'd like to get into a, I guess a more, uh, like a, like a face to face community soon. Whenever you guys are working on the road, uh, do you have, what does your typical work week look like for both of you guys? If, you know, what happens on Teachers Pay Teacher is largely passive. So, um, like, you know, we'll work real hard to get a unit up. And then once it's up, you know, we'll do some pins for it. We'll do some little bit of advertising and promotion for it. But, and then the sales just kind of happen or they don't. Um, so it doesn't really require a whole lot of time or effort. And which has been a blessing. Like we have a, a 15 month year old, uh, 15 month old. <laughs> we have a one year old, a little over one year old. And uh, this last year was brutal. It was like the year of no sleep. And so having the income source that we did that was you know, it didn't require us to check in every day and, and you know punch the time clock, you know we we didn't work a ton, and you know our income kind of stayed the same. And that was that was you know a huge huge blessing. But right now, you know we're trying to to leverage our work time, but still keeping fi family a priority. Um, Shay works one day a week. I work two days a week, and then. Uh, that's kind of the work week. I, I wake up sometimes early in the morning and, you know, try to knock some stuff out. But other than that, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of family time. So that's, um, that's the schedule and really being on the, every time you change locations, everything gets top, you know, gets messed up. Kids sleep schedule, you know, your, 
your your everything. So that's one reason we're like this this fall. We're not doing our typical kind of circuit. We're staying put in the northwest a bit. We'll probably fly out to Lincoln and see family. But we're trying to buckle down and really uh, we want to work towards that tiny house and land and. Yeah, some of those products that you guys have launched, what would you say has been the the one that sold the best? Like, and how much has that generated for you guys? So we we offer several things with with Teachers Pay Teachers. One is classroom themes. It would be like name tags and banners, and and so we have um, an owl theme that's done really well. And the theme's like fifteen, sixteen bucks. Man, I am so congested. Sorry. No worries. <laughs> Thanks for oh. trooping it out. <laughs> and that's probably sold. I don't know. 10 grand. Um, we also have some character education resources that's um, like uh, kind of discipline and, and goes in line with uh, the seven habits, if you're familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're different. It's, it's like the character education mega bundle and it's seven, seven different habits. And that's sold, I mean, that's probably, I don't know, 25, 25 oh, wow. grand, something like that. I mean, it's done, it's done really well. That's so, awesome. Well, uh, I appreciate you hanging out with me, Nick, even though you're obviously pretty sick. Uh, is there anything that you want to add? And um, before we go, one last thing would be just if somebody's out there trying to figure out, hey, I'm trying to get on the road and maybe they haven't figured out their niche, what would be the best advice you would give somebody for how to make money on the road? Um, there, is, there is tons of resources out there. I'm um, trying to think of one practical. I'm a big fan of, of Pat Flynn. Um, there's, he talks about all different kinds of things from blogging to podcasting, to niche sites, to product launches, listen to a couple of his episodes and it might spark something that, you know, might be in line with what you want to do. And a lot of things you stumble upon and you fail with like veggie meal maker didn't work. I mean, it was a, it was a blazing failure. Um, and this, uh, tiny wood stove, I think that has tons of potential and we kind of stumbled upon it you know it was just something that we paid attention to in our traffic like hey there's there's some interest here um yeah do some learning but don't do too much learning where you don't actually take action um and then just try to do some things awesome all right thanks nick Hey, I hope you enjoyed that podcast with Nick. I love these kinds of conversations and just hearing how people like Nick have gotten their start or fallen into different kinds of businesses. I never even heard of Teachers Pay Teachers. And while I I really don't think I have a future in selling teacher supplies, it's still cool to hear how people are making a living on the road. If you want to find the show notes from this episode, make sure to head on over to heathpaget.com forward slash episode three. That's episode spelled out and then the number three. And then the next episode of the RV Entrepreneur, I'm actually going to be talking with Michael Boink from DitchingSuburbia.com. Michael is an incredible entrepreneur, father of two, who has been on the road in his fifth wheel for the past five years. And we're going to talk about how he's done everything from work camping with his family to successfully self-publishing a series of technical eBooks. I'll see you guys over there. It's going to be a great episode. Thanks again for being here.